You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, guys. We are back to our ENM minis on Wednesday. I'm so glad to have you with us. We are talking today about parenting each and every Enneagram type. And I'm going to say it like this every space on the Enneagram, because I know that some of you are having people you nurture or children in your lives, and you don't want to box them into an Enneagram type. Let me remind you, we're looking at the spaces today. So if you notice that your hot child is high on the one space or the six space, you can take some of these tips and see how they work out. Another thing I want to remind you of, though, is that we have a lot of research telling us that kids aren't doing as well overall lately with all of the different, uh, and there are some positive markers too, but a lot of negative markers around young girls and social media and jealousy and all kinds of self-esteem and depression issues. And, and thankfully, like I said, there's a lot going really well too, but what we definitely want to do is we want to make sure that at post COVID we're taking care of the mental health issues that just increased for our young people. And I think that it's really important for us to look together to say, how can our learning here really help us. And I've been grateful to have a chance to kind of walk somebody through their their high school years now. I've got Hannah graduating this June and I have her, she's all done with all of her work. We're just going to have a little ceremony with a group and one of Hannah's best friends. And it's going to be a lot of fun in addition to all the shows and teachers calling the seniors up for theater and for dance and getting them all to cry multiple times and us too and and all this. And I think that what I'm really taking from all these experiences is uh, over these, you know, 17 years of her life and the other kids as well is okay, I see some rhythms. I see some healthy rhythms. I see some good things we can all do. And I see some things that we definitely want to avoid doing. Um, And also realizing that we really uh, all do make mistakes, that there's no parent out there or nurturer out there who doesn't make mistakes with family. I can think of many mistakes I've made with nieces and nephews in addition to my own kids. But I can also say, oh my gosh, like we did it. Like you are launched well and you're not done you're only 17 but you have a lot you have enough if need be you could do it and I think that that's um, a lot of you are already there a lot of you are not there yet but I want to tell you I truly believe that the Enneagram has been a huge part of that that's right when um, our kids discovered it was these critical ages around middle school where they could really lean in more and say, I'm owning this or that aspect. I'm not going to put this or that one on. And it was really important. So it was a cool tool that we got early. That's why I want to give you tips for each kid with these types of tendencies per type. But I also want to let you know that 
I have an episode back in season one. If you're like, what about parents of each type? Then you can go back to that too. And we'll continue the conversation. But in brief, I just want to give you some guideposts, especially as we're heading into Mother's Day this weekend. So happy Mother's Day, if that's you. And we celebrate you and we're grateful for all the love you give or for those nurturers or those who want to be moms or those dads who are acting as moms. We just really appreciate you. And I'm so grateful to get some rest and R&R with my family this weekend too. Um, But that said, let's talk about the nine types a little bit. Let's give a little bit of info if you have each uh, variety of child. So if you have a child who's high in that one space, what I really want to reflect on with you is looking back to make sure that you help them with their perfectionism. I can look back and see Hannah spent so much time in her one that instead of us knowing she was a four early on, we thought she was a one and she thought she was a one and tested as a one. And and I just want to remind you who have a child who is a one or two tests like one that that child needs you to help them to know that they're good even when they make mistakes. They need you to allow for that versus you capitalizing accidentally on the fact that they're a compliant type and that they obey a lot because it's easy to just reward, reward, reward and not really give them a voice, not really give them a chance to be who they're meant to be and not to address the inner critic. And then of course I see them later for coaching when they have such an overdeveloped uh, super ego. So just keep it in mind that one of your jobs is to help them have a bit more fun, playful id who can get messy and also a healthy part of them that balances the parent and the child so that they can have this internalized gauge, not just the internalized critic. If you have a child with a propensity for a two, something you want to make sure of is that you don't ignore them because they're so good at helping others and just kind of put them on mission and say, all right, me and you are going to do this and we're going to take on the world together because I can already see how emotionally mature and intuitive you are. So let's just let you know you be one of the triangulated little adults in the family system. You don't want to do that. Instead, you want to stop, appreciate, and notice that when they're trying to do kind things to serve and to give, that you also take time to say, it's not only okay, but helpful for you to have needs too, because we're all going to have needs and we don't want to hide those or have you sidestep the way we've seen a lot of adults twos do to get their needs met through flattery. So help them to notice it, help them to watch for it and help them to find direct ways to ask for needs met and to set boundaries. That's going to be huge. Okay. Type threes. If you have a child who's a three, you might notice that they Uh, are so hard on themselves when they don't get it just right, when they're not a perfect achiever. And maybe you've even contributed to that accidentally. I certainly know that with Melody, I do that sometimes. She's a nine, it's social nine, which mimics the three. And I, I try to really watch for that because I know that that's kind of a workaholic type who could get very lost in the doing. And so you have to really give them breaks, give them pieces. And you might do this with a one-ish child too, but give them things that they're not going to perfect. Just, hey, it's going to be fun. We're just going to try out something for fun and we're not going to put it on YouTube. We're not trying to start your child business. We're just here having messy fun together because I love you just the way you are. And repeat that to them frequently because they're striving partly because they think they won't be loved, they won't be enough, and they do have this codependency along with the twos and the fours. Also notice when they're not telling the truth to themselves or others, instead of just shaming them for it, say, what's going on here? Like, let's look at this together with curiosity. Let's take part in exploring 
what's going on so that we can get you out of shame and out of this cycle. Oh, what a gift that would be. And I know, and I just, I want you to think back, like maybe you didn't have these gifts, but there were reasons for that. So now we get to pour them forward. Okay, if you have a four in your home, make sure that while you're trying to balance them out and you're saying, oh, I need to make sure they don't just lean into the past and into imagination and creativity. Don't forget all of, like I said, to the one that they can be very hard on themselves, very severe critic, swallow things whole, take in that they're all bad if they're not all good, but also give them the sense that not only are they loved no matter what, Give them the sense that you do want just regular quality time with them because fours crave time. They like to take things slow and try to let your four keep you back a little and you can pull them forward a little so that there's a balance. And I mean, I think four is the slowest moving of all the types in many ways, even more than nine or five. So I think that that's important. And I watch that sometimes with my nine pulling my my four um, and they're both healthy but I just think fours need more time so give them time and don't critique them for it even if they need more test taking time something I was thinking of for Hannah was she did well and she got a lot of support for college too but I thought you know honestly had she not I would have looked at longer test taking time for her and that would have been something that I could say maybe looking back I would do that but she did very very well it's just maybe you notice they could have done even better and for Hannah she mostly does take except like I said these few little tests or something where I was like okay you got a 75% scholarship not a hundred because you probably she's like I always ran out of time but like she really did a beautiful job to to land it mostly to kind of I hope you'll let your four do this to tell you how much time they need and so most of the time she just took her time but sometimes the fours can't so you have to kind of learn what are we going to do to get you to be able to see things in the the textures and the colors you need to while also really moving ahead Um, it just makes them feel so good they feel so accomplished they're like I did that you know I got these or that awards with my teachers or with my artistry or like I said in this case it was scholarship but there's all kinds of things for fours to excel at and also fives as we look at you having a five child we know that five children can feel very overwhelmed they can feel very uh, just taken advantage of and they they don't look at research their kids they don't know that like if you give more you get more and it's a hard teaching anyway because sometimes they do run out of energy and there might be something going on where they're like I have some really good reasons why I need to introvert I'm not made to just meet new people all the time it doesn't work with my, my brain um, also they ask a lot of questions internally if not externally so what instead of just trying to make them to be somebody different try to give them a little time to say like I get you you're different from so-and-so a friend of theirs or this part of our family or even yourself but it's a good different you take your time and you need a little time by yourself or you are such a good innovator and you're just so gifted and knowing that they are often struggling with inadequacy um, that's huge I was just actually Wes and I are leading a study at church and I was noticing these two new men in our classes. They were both engineers and they were like much, much older. And they both were like, oh, it's so funny. There's another engineer in your class. But they said, both of them, I feel, you know, inadequacies sometimes. And I thought, um, okay, you know, like we all share things that we feel. And I thought that's so five-ish. But what's really happening for your five child is that that's going on usually, that they feel inadequacies. And it helps to have your appreciation 
not only for the space they need to take, but for the beautiful artistry that they also create because they have that four and they have that six troubleshooting so they can make beautiful systems and they really feel so honored when you celebrate them and encourage them to be bold, but then to come back. So it's a back and forth with them, not just pushing them out all the time into the limelight. Now, a type six child, obviously we know, needs you to let them have a little bit of time exploring their ideas and their thoughts. And that's what we often talk about in our uh, moments of parenting our six-ish child. We say it's it's really beautiful that he has so much aligned with his father. But we also really remind Wes, me and Wes both, you know, to give Jack his own voice. And uh, luckily Jack has a lot of seven and three also, and he really likes to have his own voice, but there are moments in that sixth space when he might just so easily lean in when he doesn't mean to, and he's not really identified with what he's about. And so just help your six to, even if you're like, I'm a parent who is a justice type and I know what's right or wrong, um, let them challenge you a bit. They're very good thinkers and they have all kinds of ideas that you haven't even thought about yet. And so it's always fun to notice that we were just with Jack last night and he, um, we were all going to bed and I was like, good night, Jack. And we were talking about Alexa's cause we have Alexa's in everybody's rooms. And, um, they were like, Oh, Jack programmed the Alexa to be able to do whatever, um, all at once. So it's more efficient. And I was like, he doesn't often think about his five wing, but I, I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're so cute. Like I love that you're 11 years old and that you, you did that. Um, and he does his theater thing. His dad never did that. And he has his own thing that he discovered that he loves and we have listened to him and yeah, he has sports and things, but he's like, this is my passion. And he goes to the piano and creates new songs and we let him because we're excited that as a six ish person, he has desires of his own and we're nurturing them. So please do that with your sixes. And when they have nervousness, make sure you attend to that. Make sure you get them in their body work. Jack does his body work every day and he knows why. He's like, it's because of that. I need that in my life. I have a lot. So it really helps him in all of the things from the contrarian parts to the parts that are just him saying, I'm anxious. So it's been a gift. Um, With your seven child, I think it's important that you really spend time doting on them because they love attention, but also comforting them with self-soothing and encouraging them for grit and to hang in with the pain. Um, That's hard and I'm still learning that lesson, but it's a really good one for you to try to help empower your child with. And without any fault against my parents, I don't think that they knew how to do that one. And so it's a really beautiful thing when I actually got to meet Wes to, to really encourage me with how much grit I had potentially. And I'm grateful for that, but that's what your job is with your seven child is to say, like, I know that things come naturally to you, but I want you to lean in and push through. And this is a huge, huge, huge. And I'm going to give you some space and margin to do it. And we're going to figure out together how to get you able to have your rhythms so that you're not forced into the box, which sevens don't like being forced. Um, But things that you like to do and also things that you have to do so that there's a balance, not just a tyrant who does whatever they want, also not somebody who doesn't have any freedoms. Because for certain children, especially strong-willed children, like the 378s, aggressive, assertive types, you're going to need to let them have a little room to fly. And that's okay because they're going to be leaders one day, and that's a beautiful thing. But you want them to be good leaders. So inserting your healthy influence is 
going to make all the difference. Also, over their gluttony to be able to say, you know, I see that you're probably dealing with some sadness here. Take five minutes to just process that with me. Maybe we have a walk and talk. And humans do very well with things to look forward to. Sevens like to look forward to something. So get them thinking about that, get them in their creativity, and their gluttony won't be quite as severe. Now, eights really like to know that somebody has their back, whether in marriage or growing up. And something that we notice sometimes with eights is that they don't feel like, um, especially their mom, but could be either parent, really has their back or could really support them. So they feel like, I can't be vulnerable. I'm on my own. I have to do it. And that's where I did lean into some eight. And I think that that's important for you to talk about with your kids openly, candidly. Um, A lot of eights have two parents, two moms, and they have talked to me about that. And you could say that if you're a two mom listening, like, hey, like you might not think that under the softness that I have the strength, but I do. I also go to eight and I'm fighting for you in ways that you don't even know or see. Or if that's you as a dad, make sure they know it, that they feel your back up and explain to them. Sometimes there's ways you don't see that I might never get to tell you about so that they don't go back to that vengeance as much. Um, Also, I think it's important that with your eight kids that you guys are clarified in your messaging. If you're overly loquacious, they might miss it because they're a very direct type. Now, nines, you know that a lot of nines develop in comfort. It's not always um, for any type, but especially nine here, pathology that develops a nine, but comforts. And so remove some of the comforts when a nine needs to be challenged, but also bring them back to their comforts when they need to know that there uh, is a time indeed for rest and comfort and to give them up to a couple of hours a day to just zone out and veg might be helpful. But longer than that, might be unhealthy, unhelpful, and lead them to feel like they don't matter and that you don't even care. And I was just hearing that on a blog about narcissistic parents recently. And somebody said, you know, we always hear about that helicopter parent. What about the kind on the other side who doesn't care? And hopefully they do. But I just think that it's important for you if you have a nine to um, to really let them see and help you to give them some structure so that they can also thrive. And and we've started list making from the time our kids were really little. So everybody always does their daily list, even in the summer. And it's it's helpful. It's great. Work is good, but not overly work, especially in the summer. But I think that it's important that you help your nines, whatever the season, to have that balance and that physicality too. That really woke my nine up. But also with your nines, I do think they need you to fight for them a little bit more than some of the other types because uh, people tend to be jealous or stifle their voices a lot. So we don't want them narcotizing out. We don't want them dissociating. You guys can do this together and also acknowledge when you make mistakes. I do that all the time. I really do. And so I acknowledge that and I come back around and sometimes I'm not sure if I made a mistake because I'm like, well, I did the thing I think I needed to do as a parent and I may have come down too soft or too hard, but I did my best and that's okay. We don't always know. But when we see fruits in our kid's life, that's a pretty great indication. And I've seen a lot of those and I've been very blessed. So I hope these are blessings to you as well as we share these tips together today. And I'm so grateful for this time with you. I hope you got to check out Sheila Ray Gregoire's wonderful tips for us on Monday's episode. And I so look forward to next week. We're going to be talking about conflict and goals with One Extraordinary Marriage. They do such a beautiful job as the number one marriage podcast out there. And they have a great way for us to visually 
walk through our conflicts together. So I'm excited to share that with you. Okay, have a great week. Happy Mother's Day to those celebrating. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramInMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.